Is your work worth it? This is the question weighing on the minds of employees, according to Philip A. Gyoka, country manager of Job Street Philippines, who speaks with Business World reporter Bronte H. Laksamana in this B-Side episode. They talk about the job market from the employer's side and the job seeker's side. If you are a company, are you offering the right set of benefits? And if you are a job seeker, do you have the right skills? Let's find out. Hi everyone, I'm Bron Laksamana, a multimedia reporter at Business World, and today I'm joined by Philip A. Gioca, country manager of online job portal JobStreet Philippines, who will tell us more about what it means to digitally upscale the Philippine workforce today and better prepare them for the evolving employment landscape. Hi Philip, thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Let's start with talking about how it's common knowledge by now that the pandemic has changed things. And the past two years, we've been plunged into a more digital work environment with many scrambling to maintain relevant career tracks. And in the Philippines, the workforce is still gradually adjusting with our unemployment rate kind of easing as of late, but the workforce itself is really still trying to shift. Now, locally, there have been efforts to help out the workforce with career fairs, digital skilling programs, public and private partnerships. But you personally, I'd like to hear uh, what your thoughts are on what exactly has changed in the employment landscape and what do we need to consider? So it has been impacted a lot by how we do things, uh, not only in, in, at work, but also at home. So there is a tension now that the workspace and the home space has been muddled and has a very gray area of separation, specifically for those who experience working from home. So that is a big deal. And alongside with that is the separation between what is formal, what is informal, what is work, And therefore, the question is, how do you now maintain a work-life balance? We have seen a lot of cases of mental stress and mental issues alongside with this working condition. So it's really about grit of a person to be able to continue uh, to be able to manage his own work style and lifestyle. It became a personal endeavor, not an institutional endeavor, because it's becoming quite We are quite far from the institution we used to know. We are connected in some way in organizations, but it really depends on you on how you would perform at home and how would you contribute to the organization. So these are blurring lines that has impacted a lot of Filipinos because mentally we've always been sticking around with the old system that you go to office eight to five weekends and stuff, but Because of the pandemic, it has all radically changed and we are still adapting to it. Some people have adopted faster than the other, but when you look at it with the current situation, many people have resigned, still looking for jobs. Many people currently employed are still thinking through, is this the right job for them? And so these are the things that are still floating as we progress into the new uh, normal, as we call it. Now, you've mentioned that people are considering resigning and some are reconsidering if they should stick with their jobs. So on the part of employers, what exactly should they consider? How should they approach these problems? Okay, so on the employer side, 
it's important for them to consider what can benefit the employees nowadays. The benefit system that we used to know are not quite the same. For example, benefits that transportation or vacation, those are the things that we used to look forward to. But now the benefits have changed to internet subsidy, working freely, meaning flexible in terms of working, in terms of shifts, in terms of timing. They also would like additional benefits, not just to cover themselves, but to cover the family. So this has encompassed a different set of benefits that the employees are asking. And now there are rampant demand for a healthcare, not just for the self or for the person, but also encompassing family, mental, you know, mental institutions that can help augment the stress is now being considered as a benefit. We are very much not so in tune with every time we talk about mental issues, it's not normal. But during the pandemic, right, now it's becoming assistance, a mental assistance. It becomes a program because really the difference uh, before when we were in normal times was totally different now. Like what we need as a support, how do we support each other during work from home? And that's why many employers now are considering a balance between work at working from home and working in the office. And that's what we call currently the hybrid setup. There are pros and cons on that, you know, mainly the interaction, the human interaction during office time and working from home, having more time with the family. But also we recognize as employers that there are changing economic issues currently, right? The prices of commodities, gasoline, the transportation has not been back. And many Filipinos working in Metro Manila, particularly are are subjected to that, no? despite the fact that they say less people are going to office, but you can see traffic jams, you can see the MRTs queue, and it seems to be normal. And that's a big impact. And so a lot of people are asking, hey, what do we do with transportation? Is there a benefit for us on that? So it has evolved to the dynamics of the situation currently. Now, what I'm hearing is, aside from we have to make sure that people are equipped to get more jobs, it's also uh, the quality of the jobs and their working life, the quality of their working life as well. So how do you see the long-term strategies that moving forward we should do, whether it's public or private institutions, to improve on this? This is the time where employers or companies needs to really understand what's happening on ground by way that people that we have seen and interviewed, now 53% of the current employees now are really preferring work from home. 41 of them, you know, would always want to go back to the provinces because it's cheaper. Now, the big question that is evolving right now is that, is my company, is my work worth it? So employers need to understand what is worth the while, effort, sacrifice of their employees. And this has to be considered because those talents are fleeting. Because there are many companies who have pivoted from and learned from the new, from the pandemic to this new normal, are trying to adopt and attract talents that they would not be able to get before. 
by offering flexibility, better benefits, and really employee-centered work environment. And by work environment, it doesn't mean just the office. It's a flexible working arrangement with different benefits. So these are the things. If the employers consider that I'm a company who is worth the while for an employee in terms of what I do for the employees and for my mission as a company, then you would be attracting lots of candidates. But if you stick around with the same paradigm as you were prior to the pandemic, there are now many choices. Unfortunately, for those employers, they will be losing good talents. Now, let's go to the specifics on what industries are currently struggling and what skills are needed for the job market to thrive. Because of the pandemic, the context has changed in terms of the acceleration to automation and digitalization. We know for a fact that some of our sectors or industries that are still struggling are you know, looking after customer service as a talent, administration. These roles in the future, based on our study with Boston Consulting, might be obsolete in the next three to five years. And so when you have a company and an industry belonging to these types of roles, you need to prepare for contingencies to your employees because sooner or later, because of digitalization and automation, those roles were diminished and may pivot to a different role. And therefore, you need to like train them, make sure that these employees are evolving. There are some sectors and industries who fortunately are very, very adaptive, no? especially those who are in IT, those who are in healthcare, science and research, because these roles will continue to evolve. But definitely, these workers need to upskill as, as well because technology has been improving. So, for example, it's not being said in many discussions and forums, but soft skills still remain to be an important ingredient and much more during the pandemic, such as teamwork. Teamwork is very important uh, nowadays, and it's now being carved out in many of our employers that teamwork is the number one soft skill that they look forward to because you have to reintegrate yourself, your employees, to teams because they've been individuals working in an environment. Active and continuous learning, that's the second important thing. How do you now instill continuous learning? So you provide an environment, but also to the employee side, they also have to be not just satisfied with what they know, because for example, Zoom wasn't there two years ago. We have to learn how to do it. We need to learn how to converse in screen, but be able to interact and solicit engagement. That was not a skill before. More and more, critical thinking is very important. How do you now monitor just at home looking after your teams? So how do you problem solve? Survival skills, complex problem solving is another issue. Where it's another thing that they've been looking after. And finally, you know, resilience. Many people just give up, resign. That's it. If I'm an employer, I see people two months down the road virtually accepted in the company, but again, virtually leaving the company because we've seen that in two years. So 
these are the things now that are very important. The hard skills definitely really depends on the role that you play and the industry that you do. No? It's, it's always a fact that you're given that if you are into the line of software, you need to do coding. But it's not just coding. It's also coding and how you display team effort and support your team as well, specifically to this environment. Specific to hard the IT group, right? They are the most agile as of this time because they are now actually given the opportunity to work from home. They don't really don't need to go to the office. But by that, how do you now communicate and engage them? Because you will never see them while they're working. So these are the new skills, hard skills. Yes, you need it. But the softer skills is more prominent during these times. It's interesting that you mentioned that we need to have that balance of hard and soft skills, even in industries like IT. So would you say that in the Philippines, there's already the acknowledgement that this is needed? Or do we really still have a long way to go? Like, How do you see the progress in this? It's already there. In fact, our customers, our partner employers has always been giving us this feedback that these are the things that they're looking after. Now, the problem is there are several segments in the employment sector, right? So newbies, those who are just who fully graduated, the experience might not be there. Academics is very, very strong because they have just graduated, but what is important that they carve out from that interview or from that resume is their ability to show teamwork, their continuous learning ability. Do they have the grit? We always have this feedback that the young generations are always skipping job hopping and stuff because there's not grit. Now, that's very critical because I, as an employer, would invest on a newbie or a young generation, how can I get my ROI if that person leaves the company within six months? So those are the things that we need to be able to get. And as an employer, be able to catch because that's not easy to catch during a virtual interview for that matter. Rarely we see tech companies do a face-to-face nowadays, but they were able to pivot and they were able to get certain assessments that would guarantee, in a way, that grit factor from a candidate. Now, to the skills training that you mentioned, you know, all the things that Filipino job seekers have to know, have to learn. What exactly does this training entail? What kind of programs are these? Are they really extensive? And do we have many of these available nowadays? Availability nowadays is not an issue because we have seen in the last two years a proliferation of free online training. So you can have that in many platforms, YouTube, you can go go on, you have Coursera, all of them can give you top knowledge, and I say top knowledge about what it is, what is teamwork, what is resilience, right? But then again, the question is, How do you actualize that in real work-life situation? That's the problem. That's still a burning issue on how would that person uh, manifest those training during work. There are indicators that we could see during interviews, and that's 
formerly, you know, how the person would react or be able to express himself through these questions. But again, there is an importance between the engagement of a new person coming into the job and the hirer. That engagement is the onboarding. That onboarding program is very important to be able to understand and learn if the person is really qualified or not. It is an investment because you've already been inside the company and that company will handhold you for three to six months at best and to see if you really fit the job. So that's how dynamic it is. So there are many platforms out there. Uh, job Street is one that can actually show you what are these things or what are the things needed by an employer. But again, it goes back on how the candidate or the newbie will be exercising or um, expressing those. Now, another thing that we've been hearing a lot lately is the term future-proofing. Now, can you explain what exactly this means and why it's in demand now? Future-proofing is all because of automation and digitalization. No? So in the next five years, certain roles will be not here anymore or will not be relevant. Take, for example, secretaries or administrations. Before, every company would have many secretaries, administrative assistants. Nowadays, we call them virtual assistants. It doesn't have to be in your office, but doing the legwork for you on a virtual platform. We used to have tellers in many banks, but now you can only see one bank because many people have shifted to digital cash dispensing or digital online banking, right? So... These are what we say, how do you future-proof that in such a way, if I belong to that role, what do I do? So if I am, for example, a customer service, and in many years, like we saw in many big banks, customer service is gone. It's now automated, right? What do I do? I should now lean towards to certain skills that I have to get, more importantly, on the digital space. Learn how to digitalize your skills. And how do I say that? For example, I could learn online selling. I could learn coding, for example. We know that there are many FAs who used to fly, but because of the last two years, they were grounded. And they learned how to do online English teaching to many students. And so that is good. Some of them we've seen do baking and became chef on their own. And they had that. Again, it's that ability to what survival skills should I put in? How much do I invest in myself? But the important thing is I need to invest. I need to learn new skills depending on what I am interested in and what I see myself moving forward. Digital is really the way to go. And we cannot turn away from that. And the more I learn about how digital is being done, the more I get my higher chances of being retained in a company or being absorbed in a company that has digital nature. So that's about future-proofing. And like you mentioned, with the FAs who have been grounded, Filipinos are actually very resourceful and adaptable. 
so that this doesn't really affect them too badly. And you also mentioned that many of these programs are online, so easily one can already learn new skills. But what exactly do you think is the gap that prevents all Filipinos from doing this so easily? We know them. We know that there is really that lack of impetus to study and invest. Many that I've seen, right? I mean, even I am shocked to see many young people just stay at home and wait for the next big thing. That is not actually bad, right? If as long as you really have enough capital, enough parental support to do that. But not all of many Filipinos do not have that luxury. And so they just go out and try to look for opportunities out there without really thinking much of, hey, is this something I like? Is this something uh, that I will thrive later on? So they just go into those opportunities. And later on, the opportunity is not good. Some of them would get a jackpot or not. So what I'm really saying is that, you know, sometimes we lack the discernment of what really is our nature. We always been branded that I want to go to an eight to five job office. But look at the tech companies, right? They don't do that anymore, but they get paid so much. We have always been brought up by families with that culture mindset of do a job, love the job, and that's it. Without really understanding if that job really fits me and really fits my lifestyle and discipline. So there are many now, as we said earlier, that they're thinking through the career. After working so long, then they decided this is not for me. But one thing is really sure, the young generation are always thinking through what is the next big gig? What is the next big startup? What is the next? And many of them just wait. But many I know, and I really admire them because they really become strong enough and without fear, jump into a company without brand, and just do the stuff. Because what they see is that this is something I'd like to do, irrespective of the brand of the company. So many types of job seekers we see. But one thing that we need to understand is that, hey, time is running out. If you don't jump into this quickly, the next big gig will never be there. People try to find unicorns, but there's always, what, one unicorn in any given time. But in the Philippines, really good to say that there are many startup companies. Many are in the fintech business, social media, and also engagement platforms that are starting up. And so join, I mean, if you have all the traits, right? Like you don't need to code actually to learn and do a job in a startup company. Being very flexible and being a survival is enough. But the thing is, it's up to you. Are you willing to do that? Because the sacrifice is there. You have to really work yourself up to get it. And it's not going to be given to you in a silver platter. Yes, that's true. And you mentioned, you know, a very interesting fields, which is social media, fintech, startups. Now, let's very quickly like, run through what right now is actually in short supply, if you could list what we do need more of. 
So that's a very good question because it's been evolving, right? It's an evolving journey for everyone else. We said we used to have a lot of nurses, but we are now in demand for nurses. So my advice is that be who you are, join a company where you can present your talent and you can present yourself to be one, an asset, And how do you be an asset? You don't need to be top-notch of a company or a school. You just have to be willing to sacrifice for the demands. And you are together with the mission of the company. Because it's ever-evolving. I can't say, hey, IT is in demand. Yeah, sure, IT is in demand. But how many IT people are there in the Philippines? And how many IT people can do you know, scripts and codes that is demanded by the big tech companies. Very little. But somewhere, you have to start. You start with a local company or a multinational company. It doesn't matter as long as your heart is in there and you have the patience to really learn because opportunities comes in when you are already in the door, not just knocking on the door. People are just knocking. Go to that door, learn, And if you don't like it, move on. But, you know, moving on spells a big difference. Are you moving on, step up, or are you moving down, which is not the right way? When I say moving down, these are people who are just confronted with one or two challenges and they give up. Anywhere you go, there will always be challenges. And the way you move forward is for you to surpass several of those challenges quickly. It's good that you mentioned these things because it's as if the job seekers and employees these days have a lot to learn and a lot of tools at their fingertips. But also, I'd like to touch on from a systemic level. So on the part of institutions and bigger companies and maybe even government, what exactly should be the approach to help job seekers and employees? So number one for all of them is not to discriminate and to give a chance despite the fact they are not in the top schools. They're just be open. And the pandemic actually helped a lot of institutions pick the right person. There were several stories and one of them is like anyone who attends this interview becomes accepted because nobody wanted to go out and go and join that interview. But several people came in and that became a sensation because all of them got accepted and now they're doing very well. Because many people are strong enough, willing enough, and just by mere presence can be accepted. So those are opportunities that can come in once in a lifetime. So those good guys actually get got into Google, got into Microsoft. They were just there. But people hesitated. People are not. But in the institutions, because very little people are coming in, low supply because people are still waiting and they do not want to get out during the pandemic, institutions changed their way of engaging people. They did social media. They did online They did uh, online interviews and everything, right? They shifted, but they were waiting for the talent to shift. And when the talent shifted, some of them were just too late. So 
early movers and fast movers are becoming the the real deal nowadays, right? Yeah, that's actually very true. And thank you again for talking about all of this because I think it's very important that people do realize what we need moving forward. Would you like to add anything else? Just for the job seekers, you are so lucky as compared to me when I was looking for my first job. Like I have to print out, I have to dress up, I have to go one office to the other to give my resume. Now you can just be seated at your home looking and browsing for jobs and companies and send to whatever you like, not just in the Philippines, but across the globe. So you are lucky. You have this in your fingertips. But what is lacking is that your ability to be able to really search what you really want. And that's something that everyone has to understand, right? What do I really want? Do I want to be in tech? Do I have the the right makings to be in a tech company for the job givers or the employers? Because it's already online. Come on, let's automate. Let us go digital because the opportunities are there. And if you really want to get top-notch talents, you have to pivot to this. Gone are the days that people will really line up for you unless they're desperate and they don't have enough qualifications. But if you really want to get the top notch, we as employers should also pivot to the digital and to the, to the automation because it's going to be there. It will be progressing. There's no other future than that. Exactly. Very well said. Thank you for sharing your insights. And again, this is B-Side Business World, and I'm Ron Laksamana. This is Philip Gyoka, and thank you for listening. Thank you. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Philip A. Gyoka, Country Manager of Job Street Philippines, speaking with Business World reporter Bronte H. Laksamana. A few words of advice from Mr. Gyoka. To job seekers, stop waiting for opportunities. Go out and grab them. And on the employer side, review the benefits you offer because the motivations and priorities of workers have changed. And if you haven't already, please digitalize. This B-Side episode was recorded remotely on June 21. It was produced by Earl R. Lagundino and me, Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening.